take your Bibles tonight and turn to Matthew 13 tonight. Matthew chapter 13. And loved that hymn we just sang. And the last verse that we just sang goes right along with the message that I'm going to be preaching tonight. But Matthew chapter 13, if you could all turn there. Uh, we're going to read this one verse aloud together here in just a couple of minutes. Matthew 13 in verse number 44. And uh, the last message for 2022. And another year about to end and a new year ahead. Amen. So wonderful opportunities for the Lord. But something that we need to consider is what course we are on for the year. What course have you been on for this year and where has it brought you? Every direction, every course and every decision we make puts us on a particular trajectory, if you will. Uh, reminds me of when we were launching that rocket at VBS. If you were here, uh, that you got to correct for the wind, but no matter what direction you put it in, it gets it on a particular trajectory, what direction it is pointed in. What direction are we pointed in? What direction should we be seeking for? That's very, very important. And in the new year, it's wonderful to have goals. And we should have goals, by the way. Amen. We need to have goals. Need to have goals. Many times we have goals for our bodies. I want to lose such and such amount of weight. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to be better with my money. Do we make spiritual goals? I want to learn more about this particular topic. I want to work on this particular weak area of my life. I want to make goals and then set out to plan how to reach that goal. And tonight we're going to be looking at how to keep our spiritual goals on track for the new year. And our walk with God is precious. And we need to continually be seeking, that is the key word tonight, seeking God's best. If we can stand together out of respect for the ring of the word of God, Matthew 13 and verse number 44, we're going to say it, I say sing it, we're going to recite it out loud together tonight in first, or Matthew 13, verse number 44. Let's begin together. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like to treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Let's pray together tonight. Dearly Father, I pray that you would be with us tonight. I pray that you give me clarity of thought as we look at what we're to seek after. As this man was seeking in a field, O oh Lord, the truth and the guidance and the wisdom that you give us is so precious. I pray, dear Lord, that we would seek for the very best. And I pray that tonight you be with those that are ill tonight. We think of Miss Harvey, we think of Brother Hammonds, we think of uh, Scott and Benjamin and others, Lord, that are struggling with sickness. We pray that you be with them in a special way and that you would uh, restore their health quickly. We thank you for those that are getting better. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would just guide our time together. Encourage us, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In a message entitled, Where To? You know, if you've ever gotten into a taxi, the first thing they ask you is, where do you want to go? You give them the address or you give them the name of a building that's, or a place that's common in the city, and they'll take you there. If you get an Uber or a Lyft ride, you know, guess what? You need to tell them. First thing, hey, where do you want to go? And then they'll find that driver that'll get you to that place. In the same way, let's ask that question, where do we want to go this year? We've been, to the, we've been through this year. We can still uh, go in several different directions over the next three days. But in 2023, where do you want to go? Spiritually speaking, I mean, where do you want to go? 
I know we want to go to different places. I don't know about you, but I don't, have you ever found a really good restaurant? You know, you go out there, maybe it's fast food, probably not a really good restaurant. If it's fast food, but let's just say, you know, you went and found a great restaurant. You know, uh, one of my favorite places to go and eat uh, is, I'm going to tell you all, okay, because, and I don't want anybody to go and eat all the food there, but uh, is the, the, the Homestead Cafe, the Homestead Heritage, one of my favorite places to eat. Those of you that came on the Young at Heart activity know that. Uh, and uh, the Quesadilla Burger, my favorite, now my favorite burger in the entire world, okay, uh, that is hid treasure in the field, amen. So I, I, I love that. And you know what? I'm going to go, now I'm not going to go and buy uh, the whole place so I can have the whole place to myself. But in that sense, let's think about something that's precious to us, something that's important. Uh, have we ever come to that place where you've been just studying in the Word of God and the great truth that it blesses your heart breaks upon you? Amen. Isn't that wonderful when that happens? Like, wow, God is amazing. Amen. Do we have that kind of seeking after when it comes to the things of God? Now, we have that happen. Let me ask a question tonight, thinking of that particular moment of when the truth of God breaks upon you. Maybe you're listening to a sermon, or maybe you're just studying your Bible. He's like, well, God, thank you so much. That blessed my soul. You are so wonderful to me. Let's just think about it. Don't raise your hand, but how many times that happened to you this year? How many times? Uh, was it once or twice or hopefully more than that, but I... Dare I ask, maybe say, well, that didn't really happen to me this year. Well, I want to look at five areas tonight. Where we're to be seeking. Where we're to be seeking. First, number one tonight, we're to be seeking direction. Seeking direction, okay? So what we're going to do is, just like we did on Sunday, each point, I'm going to put the list of verses that are for each one of these points. So there's only these two verses for this point, each of the five. So every time I switch a point, you'll see a new uh, series of verses come up. Okay, Psalm 119, uh, verses 2 and 3. We need to be seeking direction, right? We all need direction. We all need to know where we're going. You know what? Uh, ever said, you know, I'm just going to go out in the car and I'm going to go for a drive. I'm going to go for a ride. And even though we don't necessarily have any place to go, we still have to go make a decision what direction we're going to go in, which way we're going to be exploring. You know, that's great. And that's great fun when we're just trying to waste time. But guess what? Our lives aren't, we're not going out for a drive. Amen. We need some direction. Where are we going? What are we doing? And too often, there's too many Christians today that are just lost in the sauce. I don't know what direction I'm going in. Can I tell you something? Where we get direction from is God. Amen. For our life, for our job, for our future spouse, whatever it is, we have direction from God. Psalm 119, verses 2 and 3. Now, Psalm 119 is a great study. If you have never studied Psalm 119, please do it. Please do it. It is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful study in loving the Word of God, in loving the Word of God. And telemarketers are very persistent. All right, here we go. Psalm 119, verses 2 and 3. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and that what? Who's there? Right, that seek him with the whole heart. Okay, we're on the same page here. What are we to do? We're to seek, not just well, let's think about, you know, I'm just kind of, kind of, yeah, I'm kind of, I have no place else to go, so I better ask God for direction. No, God's direction should be the first place we go. With the whole heart, they also do no iniquity. What is it? They walk in his way. So two things here. They seek after God in his ways, and guess what? Then they do it. 
They go, they don't go after the sinful things. They don't go after the things of this world. They do what God told them to do. Imagine that. Uh, we go and we look at the word of God and guess what? We ought to be doers of the word, seeking direction. Are you seeking direction from God? I pray that we're doing it on a daily basis. We need God every single day. Amen. And, when, and isn't it amazing how God changes those little directions sometimes? Uh, we many times are looking for a great big direction change, and God does do that sometimes. But many times, if we're seeking God for direction day by day, decision by decision, it's those little turns that God makes. And he uses his word to straighten those things out. You know, every single day, maybe we're thinking about something and we just don't have peace about that. And then we go to the word of God and he just straightens it. Oh, that's exactly why I didn't have peace about that. Or this is why I do have peace about that. I can hang a verse of the word of God upon that. That's the direction I need to go in. You can be confident in God's word. But here's the question, to where? We need to seek direction, but where are we going? Where are we going? This is very important. Where do you want to go this year and next year? Where do you want to go? And that's really the big question because based on where you want to go is where you're going to seek direction from. Where do you want to go? Where your flesh is satisfied? Is that where you want to go? Where I will, where me is satisfied? Where I'm happy? Where the flesh is satisfied? Well, I said, well, we know that's the wrong one. Okay, then but where you and God are satisfied, we look at this, Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and what? And his what? Righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We look at, well, well, I'm not satisfied with where I am in life. Okay, why? Well, I don't have as much money as other people. There's always going to be somebody that has more. Man, always going to have more than you. Uh, and so, well, I'm just not satisfied with that. Why? Well, I'm not satisfied with my position. You know, I I need more responsibility. I need more this or that. Okay, now there are times that God leads us into a change, but to be honest with you, is it really just that your flesh isn't satisfied or you're satisfied with what God has you? And has you satisfied with what God is telling you to do? Where do you want to go? And that will guide you. So first we need to seek direction. Where do you want to go? Well, I want to go, I said, you know what, I want to follow God with my whole heart. Okay, great, then you're going to go to him and ask him, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? There's too many people out there say, well, I just pastor, I just don't know what, what I'm doing in life. I don't know where I'm going. Okay, there are times that we all need that guidance. But when it's year after year after year after year after year after year after year, I don't know where I'm going. There's a problem. Amen. There are times when we don't know where we're going. Maybe we don't see the full picture, but we do know the next step, step by step following God. Are you really seeking? And many times, you know, the answer to that question is, well, I know where I'm supposed to be going. I just don't want to go that direction because I just, it doesn't satisfy me. Life isn't about satisfying me. Life isn't about satisfying yourself. Life is about the will of God. And if you do the will of God, by the way, we ought to be satisfied with that. I'm going to get to that in a minute. So number two, the first seeking direction. Second, seeking freedom. Okay, what direction do you want to go in? I want to move forward. Okay, is there something that is holding you back tonight? Is there something that's holding you back? Is there a besetting sin? Is there something that is going to hold you back that you're not free from, that you are in bondage? Galatians 4, turn over there, Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 7 tonight. Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 7, you know, it's, it's a real thing. 
Sin is a real thing. Bondage is a real thing. And we say, we want to go forward for God. I really, really want to go forward. And it's something that is just getting in my way. It's something that is, um, uh, I just can't seem to move past it. It gets in the way of my ministering. It gets in the way of my faithfulness to God. It gets in the way, uh, it might be any number of things. I can throw out an innumerable list of things, by the way, and it might apply to some people but not others. But we all know, what our besetting sin is. Amen? Oh, don't look at me like you don't have one. We all have one, amen? We all have one. We have a weakness. Galatians 4, verse 3 through 7. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, Jesus Christ, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. Praise God. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So what is this talking about? Victory, of course. That we were in bondage to sin before we were saved. We were in bondage. We were chained. But because now we are adopted into the family of God, we're an heir of God through Christ. We have his victory that he claimed on the cross and the victory that he claimed over the grave. We can have that same victory over sin. We don't need to be in bondage and a servant to it any longer. Praise God. Amen. A couple people are excited about that. Come on. Can we all get excited about that? Come on. Amen. We can have victory and say, praise God. I don't have to be enslaved to sin. I can go forward. In order to go in the direction that God wants you to go, you have freedom to do it. Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let's pause for a moment. Not just the weights you want to get rid of, but every weight that God, God wants you to get rid of. Uh-oh, that's where the rub is. We don't want to get rid of every weight because we like some of them. Want to get, need to get lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. If it's anger, you need to lay aside anger. If it's lust, you need to lay aside lust. If it's lying, you need to lay aside lying. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. But you know what? A lot of the things that we're in bondage to are time related. I'll say that again. Most of the things we are in bondage to today are time-related. There are so many ways that we can be in bondage that waste our time. Amen? Uh, and I'll just say this. Bondage is defined simply by anything that inhibits or controls. Is there something in your life that inhibits you and controls you and leads you away from the things of God? Okay? And so right here, and and I'm not getting on my soapbox here, but I'm going to explain something tonight, is there are technology is one of the greatest things that enslave people. And I'm not talking about just pornography, okay? That's something that enslaves. I'm talking about things that we do with technology that enslave us. And so, oh, Pat, here goes Pastor on video games again. Here he goes. Here he goes again. I want to explain why I preach on it, okay? Uh, most people don't. Love, some of you do know, but I used to be a gamer, okay? Why I preach on video games because what it did to me. Okay, I was a gamer before it was cool to be a gamer, okay? 
All right. I was a gamer when things were on computer, okay? PlayStation was the only thing that was out. Nothing was cool on there. But I said, well, Pastor, you know, how serious of a gamer could you have been? I bought a new game, and I installed it on my computer, and I was so excited. I think I was a little old kid. I was like 13 years old, and I played that game for 13 hours straight. Got up to go to the bathroom. I didn't even eat a meal. I didn't drink anything. Can I tell you what? By the time I was done with that, I could barely walk because everything was just going crazy. Okay, and guess what? It made me, I almost threw up and made me sick. So guess what? I never did it again, but I was addicted to video games. Everything I did, my schoolwork, I would get done with schoolwork just so I could play my video game. Everything revolved around two things, watching a video or playing a video game. And those things can enslave you. And it wasn't until I was married several years until I stopped playing them. You know why? There was no way to properly control it. It caused problems in my marriage. It caused problems with my children. So I said, you know what? Don't need it. And that's the best decision I ever made. Amen. So that being said, so I'm being a little transparent with you. I'm not just hate on it because I don't understand. I don't like it because I do understand because in bond, it, well, I was in bondage to it. Okay, and I guess what? Growing up, going through teenage years, I played a lot of games that I'm ashamed I shouldn't have played. Violent games, blow them up games, games with cursing in them. I played them because everybody else did too, but it doesn't make it right. Amen? Well, it's right for me, then you need to get in your Bible. Righteousness is righteousness, and you don't have a personal definition of it. So that being said... Technology even. You know what? Technology, just to talk about screens for a minute, how it can enslave our children, okay? Uh, I was walking through, I would look at this when I walk through stores. Let's be honest, how many stores are parents going through the store and their kid is on the phone like this in the cart the entire way? Well, that's the only way I can get through a store is by doing that. Okay, uh, and the only way I can do this, sitting at a restaurant, they have their iPad or they have a phone there, and that's all they do, literally the entire way. Uh, you know, my children, no exception. Uh, yesterday, we were at uh, Jump Park, and there was a TV screen there, and guess what, my two, my two little ones are just there, and we're just looking at it. You could talk to them, you could, we were calling them totally transfixed by what they were seeing. You know what? That's not something that's good. Amen? There's no way, nobody in the book that's going to say, well, that's good. Well, I don't do that. But you know how many times, and that's just how my children are. They just focus in, and it's like a moth to the flame. You know what? And they just tune everything out. And you know that's why people play video games, so they can tune out life. They can tune out their troubles. They can tune out everything. You know what? People used to go to the bar for that. And drown their woes out with alcohol. These are things. Can they be used productively? Yes, I believe they can. I believe it's very difficult, though. And only certain types of people can. It's just like the debate over the years with television, right? Well, I can control it. Can I just be honest here? (laughs) How many people can control the snake? Let's be honest. Not many. Then why have it? 
If it's something that causes strife and something that causes woe, something that we can't keep under control. By the way, I'm not even getting into the people that you talk to on the Xbox Live or the PlayStation thing you talk to on there. By the way, watch the video. You know there's child predators on there looking to talk to kids. Oh, yeah, and these type of things. And, I, and then you're playing with your friends that don't use the right kind of language and say, like, well, you need to tell them to, you know, to, to talk right. Guess what? Why are you even hanging around with people like that? You know they don't do right. They know they don't talk right. They know they don't love God like they should. So why are you around them? Not going to help you one spiritually, one iota. And mom and dad, you need to stand up and say, look, enough's enough. Spouse, you need to stand up. You know what? This is not right. We're not going to do this. Freedom. But freedom comes at cost that many times we don't like. Number three, seeking fulfillment. Seeking fulfillment. Now we ask that. What does that really mean? What does fulfillment? Am I fulfilled in life? You know what? I, Pastor, you know what? I, I love coming to this church, but you know what? I'm just not fulfilled. I got to go find fulfillment someplace else. You know what? They go to their spouse. You know, honey, I've been I'm married to you for 10 years and everything, but I'm just not finding fulfillment with you, so I'm going to go find somebody else. I don't find fulfillment in what I'm doing in my job, so I must change five jobs every three years, okay? Uh, I don't find fulfillment in that. I think we, we missed something there. Do you know what the word means? Simply completed. When you have fulfilled something, you finish something. You've completed it, okay? So when you marry the right person, you are complete. That's why a wife is a help meet for her husband means a completeness, Right? And if you marry the wrong person, that's not what happens, or is it? Have strife and discouragement. But we can look at this word in the biblical word. The biblical word is perfect, completed, mature. So when you follow the right direction, so first you seek the right direction, then you're going to seek freedom, and then we seek fulfillment. When you follow the right direction, you are completed. When you are free, then you are completed. So many are looking for fulfillment, really, that can be just looking to fulfill the flesh or what the flesh wants. However, the only way a person can be completed is in Christ. The only way we can be fulfilled is in Christ. Christ on the cross said, it is finished. Complete, there's no more needed for salvation. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 4 through 7 tonight. Romans chapter 8, verses 4 through 7. So tonight, are we fulfilled in what we're doing for God? What God has us doing, are we fulfilled in it? So, well, I'm not satisfied with that. There's two reasons you maybe you're not fulfilled tonight. The first being you're not doing something that God has told you to do. Or number two, you've become discontented and you believe the world has something better to offer you. Can I just stop you right there? The world doesn't. The world doesn't have anything that you want or need. Amen. And those, there have been those that are maybe in the room tonight that they've lived that life. They know beyond the shadow of a doubt, there's nothing there for you. And they've come back to the Lord. You know, the better way to go is just don't go there in the first place. And listen to those that have been there and not have come back. Romans 8, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Let's pause for a moment. So let's just break this down to a little more practicality. So when you talk to people, what do you talk about? When you meet up with your friends, when you talk to your co-workers, do you, when you talk with your family, what do you talk about? Do you talk about spiritual things or do you mind fleshly things? Now, I understand we have to talk about things. You have to talk about schedules and all of those things. But <coughs> if you're talking about the latest entertainment trends, if you're talking about all the filth that goes on in the world and talking about all these things, hello, can we talk about some spiritual things and be encouraged? Because what we talk about is what we're thinking about. And if we're thinking about spiritual things, guess what? Then we're going to talk about spiritual things, right? Amen. Isn't it great to be with people that talk about spiritual things and talk about the Lord? Amen. Great to be when family members come in that, uh, that love the Lord or to be with other people that love the Lord. It's great to talk about things about God. Amen. Talk about the Bible, to be encouraged. God showed me this today. But do we have that mentality or are we minding the fleshly things? For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be have you ever been that person that maybe somebody was talking about things and talking about just a lot of fleshly things and then you're the one that brought the spiritual part into the conversation and everybody stops and looks at you like oh where'd you come from oh and this happens at church sometimes, you know, and you just kind of stand there. I love doing that to teenagers. I'm just, I love doing that. I just love walking up. They're talking about things. Oh, you know, so how are your devotions this week? You know, uh, thing, you know, things like that. And we start talking about those things and you know what? And the kind of the conversation stops. But then you can tell who is spiritually minded and who's carnally minded because the carnally minded ones don't have anything to say. But then the spirit, oh yeah, they wanted to say up, speak up and say something spiritual. So they begin to talk or the carnally minded ones try to fake it and they kind of stumble all over it and all of that. But you know, can I just say something tonight? Are we fulfilled? If you're not fulfilled, then you're not seeking after things of God. Outside of living a life for Christ, you will find no fulfillment, especially as a Christian. You'll find no fulfillment outside of a life for Christ. Number four, you need to be seeking holiness. Seeking holiness. So first we seek direction, then we seek freedom, then we seek fulfillment, which only comes in Christ. Then we're going to seek holiness. Seeking holiness. Being right. Being the right kind of Christian, doing right. Remember, we need to focus on being, not just on doing. Being the right kind of Christian, being the spiritual example, being the faithful one to the Lord, being faithful in prayer, being faithful in our witness, being right, doing right, being pure. Oh, that being pure would be our highest goal. Amen. Being pure in thought, being pure in action. That's what holiness is. We need to filter what we think and what we do. We need to filter it through the word of God. And that will purify us. But we have this idea that if we allow God to purify us, we're going to end up being a monk in a monastery somewhere. That we're going to be way out there. We're going to be way out in left field. We're going to be one of those extreme people. Right? You know, those extremely spiritual people. And, you know, it just makes me uncomfortable. Why? What, why? What is so uncomfortable about being spiritual? 
Amen? What's so, un- what's so uncomfortable about thinking pure? What's so uncomfortable about desiring to be holy? 1 Timothy 6 says, says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Look at that. We, at the Thanksgiving time, we looked at that. That being godly, godliness with contentment is great gain. You know what we can take out of that? Being content with godliness, with being godly, that that's what we need to be content with. Amen? To be content with the things of God, the things that God provides for us. Leviticus 19.2, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy unto all the congregation. Amos 3.3, 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? And this was a prophecy against Israel because they weren't walking with God. You know, when uh, you go into a business, business partnership, isn't it a good thing to agree on pretty much everything, right? How the business should be run. Uh, why? This is why the Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You know why? In business or in marriage or in anything. Why? Because you're not going to agree because you're not going to think the same way. The one's going to think carnally, the other spiritually. One is going to be in, interested in the things of God, the Bible, church, and serving God. The other's not going to be interested at all, I think at all, except having fun. Can two walk together except they be agreed? That's a wonderful point because can we walk with God and not be holy? Can we have harbor unholiness, impurity in our life, yet walk with God in the direction that he wants us to go in? No, we can't. I understand that we're still under the process of sanctification and we're going to grow and we're going to see and we're going to realize things. Amen, I understand that. But if we willfully know there are things in our life that are unholy and we're not clean, can we walk with God and go in the right direction? No, we cannot. Then you're not going to go in the right direction in the new year. And that brings us to the last point, seeking peace, seeking peace. God wants you to have peace in your life, amen? God doesn't want you to live in turmoil. God doesn't want you to live in anxiety. God does not want you to live in a state of worry. God wants you to have peace. And the greatest peace that we have ever had is that we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have peace with God because without Christ, we have nothing. We're the enemy of God. We're in judgment for our sin over in the pit of hell. But because of Jesus, we have peace with God, not only Peace in relationship, but here, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, the words of Jesus. Not as the world giveth. Oh, the world's peace. The world can try and give peace, right? Financial peace of mind, right? (laughs) Uh, Give you peace of mind through a pill. Uh, Peace of mind through anything, uh, through drugs or whatever. Peace of mind, whatever kind of peace they have. Uh, the peace that Jesus gives, it's not like that. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know what? The world can look big and bad out there and we can be afraid of it. You know what Jesus said? Don't be afraid. I give you my peace. If we have faith and trust in the almighty power of God and of Jesus Christ himself, we can have that peace. We have peace with God. And then second, we need to have peace with man. Romans 12, 16, and 17, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, if it be possible. Now, sometimes it's not possible because those peop- some people are impossible 
to live peaceably with, right? They just are looking for strife. But is our goal to live peaceably with all men, right? College students know something about that, right? Right, living among people, and there's always somebody that you don't get along with, and they don't. And it's not because you don't try; it's because they don't want to get along with you, right? Right, y'all looking at you. Yeah, we all know somebody like that. And uh, uh, I'll never forget my freshman year, my next door roommate. For some reason, he was a senior, and he didn't like freshmen, and so I tried to live peaceably, but he was constantly teasing me, and he was constantly trying to to do things to me. And one day he thought it was fun, thought it would be funny to take me and to lift me up and to stick my head in a porcelain bathroom fixture. I thought that was funny, but I didn't think it was so funny. Uh, And uh, um, if you've ever seen me uh, fight viciously, which none of you have. I don't think anybody really has up until that time. Uh, But uh, he almost had me in there, but what they forgot to, he forgot about something, that I had a uh, roommate named Pila from the island of Tonga. About, I think he was taller than Caleb. I think he was like six foot four, weighed like 350 pounds. And this wasn't flab either. I mean, it's got... You know, you ever see the guys, you know, do the haka for the, the football team, you know, the footy team? Yeah, this guy. And uh, this guy, and he was big. He was a nice guy. He was thinking he was a sophomore. And so he came back from class and uh, saw me uh, in this predicament. And uh, he told them, I said, okay, let him go. And I'm like, oh, mind your own business and whatever. He said, let him go. You don't want to get me mad. It's all oh, leave us alone and whatever. And I'm like, please do something. Okay, you know, because I mean, I have two guys, you know, that are like twice my size. Anyway, so uh, I, this was amazing. I've never seen somebody that weighed like 200 pounds fly through my door, across the hall, and hit the wall on the other side. Never seen that before. And uh, two of them, then the other one, you got, he kind of got a running start, but he kind of helped them out of the room. So they both hit the wall on the other side, and he said, leave him alone. Don't touch him again. Needless to say, I never had any more problems from those two people. Okay. And I tried, and I avoided them like the plague. We need to live peaceably with all men, but praise the Lord for roommates that uh, care about you. Amen. So that being said, so what was the point of that story, Pastor? That was for free entertainment purposes. So... But you'll only have peace when you've sought after it. And also, you'll only have peace after you have found the first four things that you are seeking after. Seeking for direction, seeking for freedom, seeking for fulfillment in Christ, seeking holiness, and seeking peace. Let's be honest tonight. What are you seeking after? I pray that we're seeking for these things. What you seek after will guide you to a destination. If you seek after these things, just like this man, he found something precious. He went to a field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hidden a field, and when which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. These things are things that are treasures. They are invaluable. They are priceless. 
They are things that we must seek after in order to find. And they are, will, they are worth anything that we need to give up. They are worth any amount of work and effort to find them in the word of God and to find to have them a place in our heart. They are worth any amount of effort that you want to give, all that you have to give everything of yourself and to surrender yourself to Christ to find these things. They are worth it. So tonight, where to? Where are you going? And what destination will you end up at? tonight. Let's pray. Dearly Father, I pray as we come to invitation time tonight, Lord, that we just be honest about what direction we're going in. And Lord, that you would just touch our hearts and guide us. Help us, I pray, and guide us, please, with your word and with thy Holy Spirit, that we would be willing and pliable, willing to lay aside any weight, willing to be free, willing to seek direction willing to seek after these areas in our lives. Lord, please, Lord, help us. Pray that as we seek your guidance tonight that you would answer. You promise that if we seek for your wisdom that you will give it to us liberally, overflowing. And Lord, tonight I pray that we would take the first step. Pray that you bless this time together in your word. Bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.